Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 5, issue 207. You can play along with us and Cane and Rinse volume 5 as more and more of you are telling us that you're doing, which is fantastic. So next up, uh, you have The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past to play. Following that, something very different, Deus Ex on the PC. That's the, uh, the millennial original. Then it's Catherine... Following that, it'll be the original three Doom games, sort of, but Doom, Doom 2, and Final Doom, and stuff surrounding the whole early Doom thing. Uh, And after that, we return to our Zelda epic series of podcasts with Link's Awakening and, of course, the DX version on Game Boy Color. Head to canorince.com for articles and features and reviews and links to our forum, our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel. A reminder, a friendly reminder that we do now have a Patreon, uh, but it's not the sort of Patreon where we have stuff that you have to actually pay for to see. It's more like a sort of virtual online tips jar. Uh, so if you don't contribute or you're not able to contribute, everything that we create and produce will still be free uh, and available to all. However, if you do feel that the hours of podcast we produced for your listening pleasure are worth something in return, you can now donate a dollar or more, if you wish, per month, and that will very much help us in keeping on trucking. That's at patreon.com slash If you prefer to get something physical in return for your money, but you still want to support the site and what we do, check out our shop. Uh, We do nice T-shirts and nice bags, and each one that you buy uh, means that we get a couple of quid, which is superb, really. That's uh, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk slash canerince. And also, remember, we have another podcast these days. It's been going well over a year now. That's called Sound of Play, and it's celebrating our love of video games music and flying in the face of copyright holders everywhere, but <laughs> but uh, but beloved of composers and uh, publishers alike. So uh, enjoy. Please review, rate, and subscribe both of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitch Radio, TuneIn, or wherever else you get it from. Now we have a lot to talk about in this podcast. So joining me, Leon Cody Cox, in this issue, we have James Cammy Carter. Wearing my, uh, my leotard, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buttocks fully on show. Always. Uh, as has Andy, just because that's what he does. Andy Akuma Hamilton. A weakling like yourself doesn't deserve fists to fight with. Thank you. And, uh, and of course, also from Ready Up, we have Dan. Dan Benden. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? I always end up with that one. I don't, yeah, think, it, I don't think it's on, really, is it? But, okay, um... I'm wearing a pink dressing gown. Pink pyjamas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you are the comedy the comedy joke character. No, it's uh, it's brilliant that you could both join us. Uh, we've had a few technical issues going into this recording, but we're here. We're up and running now. And uh, yes, I had to rope in a couple of my, uh, you know, Street Fighter loving acquaintances for this one. Uh, so for a bit of context, Capcom were uh, really releasing a lot of fighting games at this point in history. So for context, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which was the last main version of that particular game, came out of the arcades in February 94. Uh, we talked all about the Street Fighter 2 series back in issue 133 of the Kane and Rince podcast. You can check that one out. Um, they'd also just started the Vampire series or Darkstalkers as we know it in the West Uh, That was in June 94. Um, Then X-Men Children of the Atom came out in the arcades in December 94. And that's kind of relevant because Street Fighter Alpha takes its uh, sort of uh, visual nods from the comic book or anime manga style, I suppose, from that game. Um, And also just worth a mention that the, uh, the incredible Street Fighter the movie 
arcade game came out literally uh, the same month as the original Street Fighter Zero arrived in arcades in Japan uh, and Asia. So yes, we'll start this. It's June 1995. It's a CPS2 coin-op. Um, we'll probably just flip-flop between Street Fighter Zero and Alpha. They're generally interchangeable apart from in circum- certain circumstances. Apologies if some of us use the westernized names and the Japanese names for the characters, but you know the drill by now. I'm sure anyone who lis- who's listening to this can work out contextually what's going on. And I first became aware of Street Fighter Alpha Warriors Dreams. I can't remember, but I think it was in a, uh, an arcade in Brighton when I first saw it. But it was pretty much simultaneous with CMVG magazine uh, starting to give coverage to uh, to that coin-op. And from the first moment I saw it, I fell in love um, for me it looked like a massive upgrade visually from the final versions of Street Fighter I loved the new style Um, but at this point I hadn't really clocked just sort of how many steps backwards it had taken in terms of uh, roster and stuff like that but uh, Andy uh, when do do you remember the middle of the 90s and seeing Alpha or Zero in action for the first time Uh, I see not at the time no Um, again I kind of picked up on it through CVG because that uh, that was sort of the beginning of the era where CVG started covering a lot of import stuff. That's right. But uh, I actually didn't get a chance to play the game until quite a few years later. Maybe, actually, not, come to think of it, maybe not that many, maybe like two, three years after it came out. My first experience with the game, uh, you can actually tie into Alpha 2 as well, so I don't have to talk about okay. that one later. Um, Fine. Uh, I made a friend, as you do in those mm. ages at school, mm. Mm. and he had a Saturn, and I had an N64, and both of us had pretty healthy libraries for each one, and both of us were into our video games, so we did what you know anyone would do in that situation. We, we live in the same village. Do you want a swap? And um, yeah, for the next couple of months, I had his Saturn, and he had my N64. Ah. I'm sure he had a hell of a time finishing like Ocarina of Time and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I got a Saturn, and I mean. Credit to the guy, I'm still good friends with him, and he had, like, he, he'd done work, man. I had Knights, Burning Rangers, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Wow. Like, Beautiful. But, but, Street Fighter Alpha and mm. Street Fighter Alpha 2. Mm. So, um, for the longest time, uh, Alpha 1, in my mind, was a game that I'd played a lot less, because, yeah. obviously, Alpha 2... Bigger, better, stronger, faster sort of territory. Yeah, that, that was the first time I played Alpha 1. So that, and that would have been just after Alpha 2 was released over here, though. It can't have been sure. that long after that. Yeah, that would have made uh, your Alpha 1 experience contextually very different uh, to, to the rest of us because Alpha 2 so so much eclipses Alpha 1, uh, as I, I suspect we'll all agree. Um, Capcom in- agree indeed as well. Um, it was that kind of era, though, where CVG were covering... They, they did, that magazine did a really good job of covering a lot of like the... the Capcom, uh, sat, you know, Saturn releases. That's right. And yeah. they were always banging on about, like, look, it's not difficult. They they were a bit nudge, nudge, wink, wink with the fact that they were like, it's not difficult to get your Saturn modded and here That's is right. where you can buy the RAM expansions from. Yeah, and absolutely. Just constantly giving coverage to like Marvel superheroes and stuff. Oh, and um, yeah, yeah that, again, that was sort of where I first heard about it. And also um, the animated movie, watching that when it first came out on video. Yes. Obviously thinking that was the coolest thing ever when you're 15 <laughs> years old, watching yeah. uh, the animated movie and seeing those characters, because, you know, growing up with a SNES Street Fighter 2, yeah. seeing those characters doing their thing, finally getting my hands on the Alpha games was quite a kick, because it, it, it had been this kind of like almost 
like revered title by this magazine and and bear it in mind i'd only seen screenshots of it to me it was yeah. oh my god it looks like that awesome animated movie but yeah you play it so um yeah that, that's how i first got my hands on the alpha games and that was the plan uh this was you know a release inspired by street fighter 2 the animated movie yeah we'll probably talk about it later there's a couple of modes inspired by the movies as well yeah absolutely I mean, and again we'll we'll definitely get into this later but uh th- i was of the right age there so i was maybe maybe 16 uh when i was playing these games and these were the first ones where i was like oh you can play these games properly not just messing with the buttons and yeah, seeing right. what happens. Yeah. You know, I, I, we, we played a lot of multiplayer, a lot of, you know, a lot of weekends spent just going backwards and forwards uh, on Alpha 2. And uh, mm. this is definitely something which led into you know, countless sessions on Third Strike and Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast. And mm. here we are <laughs> in present day. Yes, currently you're frothing uh, from all orifices uh, <laughs> about the forthcoming release of Street Fighter Five. yeah. Yeah, and as I say, obviously I'd been I'd been around. I was older. Um, I was uh, pretty much I was nineteen when the when the World Warrior Street Fighter Two came out, um, and you know I enjoyed the series very much. Bought it for SNES and Mega Drive and things like that. But this was where I started to fall more in love with the series, just because the audio visual step up was was significant. Um, Dan, what about you? Uh, yeah, my Street Fighter Alpha. I mean, I was a, a, a Street Fighter Two player. I'm, I'm a little older. I'm a little younger than. You, you know, I'm yes. a little older than Andy, maybe. That's um, right. So my Street Fighter life basically took place in a kebab shop in in Kansas <laughs> Hill in uh, in Essex. Um, and what we had was we had, there was a kebab shop with two arcade machines in it, and then across the street there was a news agent that had two other arcade machines in it, and that was our that was basically the the sort of the scene around my way <laughs> it was these two mm. shops and. Uh, <laughs> They used to, they had the Street Fighter Two and they had all the different versions of Street Fighter Two, including that one where you could um, throw fireballs with no delay and and do dragon or punches. The rainbow <laughs> version or whatever, yeah. <laughs> the absolutely terrible version where you guy didn't have to charge his sonic booms. So yeah, and they bounced. That was the other thing, didn't they? They bounced. Yes, um, <laughs> massive slowdown. And that's yep. where, yeah, and that's where when Street Fighter Alpha eventually replaced that terrible version of that, which everyone was sick of by the time uh, that had come around. Um, and that was, a, again, a big step up. I think the thing that hooked me on Alpha as a, oh, my God, this is this is serious. And like the two of you have said, it's the, it's the game. Everyone loves Street Fighter 2, and everyone played it. I think... Like everyone, people—if you speak to anyone nowadays, even people who were who wouldn't classify themselves as gamers now of our sort of generation—played Street Fighter Two. They know they they did. Um, but I think Alpha was the game, probably. Well, it sounds like with you two as well, that turned people into Street Fighter fans rather than just video game fans. You know, sure. Street Fighter was a vid- Street Fighter Two was a video game. Street Fighter Alpha seemed like the beginning of a again another Alpha pun there, but um, unintended. It seemed like the beginning of a thing, and I think it was. I'm a sucker for a story, even in a fighting game, which is a me wanting often. But um, yeah, <laughs> this Alpha had a story, which is a start. You know, it, it did have a story there. This yeah. the, my favorite fact about Street Fighter, which I'm not sure if I, I want to break it out yet, is an Alpha fact. Um, the, the, my favorite bit of story in the whole series, the thing that I keep coming back to when I think about how great. 
Street Fighter is as a whole concept and a whole thing. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do it now anyway. Do it. <laughs> in, in the original, in, oh, the original in Street Fighter Two. Now, obviously, people will know. No, they might really not know that Alpha takes place before Street Fighter Two. That's right. It's too much, but it's a considerable amount. You can tell by the character. Yeah, it's after Street Fighter One, the the the, the forgotten, you know, mutant <laughs> brother. <laughs> God, um, after yeah, after Street Fighter and before Street Fighter Two. So that's why uh, Ryu and Ken, the two that notably look younger, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter Two, Ryu and Ryu since then has always been wearing a red headband, mm. and Ken has generally had short hair. Sorry, it's like shoulder-length hair. Yeah. Alpha, Ryu wears a white headband, and Ken has a ponytail with a red ribbon tied around it. Yeah. I believe this is at the end of Alpha. It might be in the end of Alpha 2, so I might be a bit earlier here. The, the story reason for that change is that, um, canonically, Ken wins Street Fighter Alpha, the, the, the tournament, or at least beats um, Ryu in it. And uh, he, he sees that Ryu was distracted by something and, and didn't want to take that as an easy win. So gave him his ribbon from his hair to tie around his head to remind him um, that he is the better fighter and that he should uh, yeah. remember this fight going forwards. That's right. I think you see it in the animation as well. And you also see uh, Ryu uh, giving Sagat his, uh, his chest or his body scar with his finishing rising dragon punch or whatever. So yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a good few tie-ins um, with that, but this being a, this being a prequel. I think that also occurs in the, I forget the name of it, uh, Andy, I think you might have to help me out here. The live action film that isn't the one we're all thinking of. The other one where it's um, Ryan Ken training. Yeah, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warriors, oh no, not Warriors Dream, it's Assassin's Fist, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that happens at the end when Mm. Ken has to leave and go home. Um, I'm pretty sure he gives the the red red ribbon to, to Ryu in that. Yeah. Just think, in in a game like Street Fighter, where you really have no business expecting uh, a, a story <laughs> to have that, and it's not just a. I'm going to sound a bit soppy here because it is ridiculous, but it's quite <laughs> poignant, really, uh, for yeah. something where they come from a game like Street Fighter Two, where essentially Ryu and Ken started as being swaps of one another. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, by the end of Street Fighter Two, they had different properties to move and things. It went, you know, by the time they'd realised that they could actually do combos and things in these games. Um, but I think it's a very... It's a good moment. I mean, Ryu and Ken are often seen as, mm. as the same thing, but look how they've evolved through games and and probably no more, none more than um, the upcoming Street Fighter Five. Entirely different characters now. Uh, yeah. There's nothing... Stayed the same, really, didn't he? And Ken, Ken, uh, it's the fundamentals, basically. But that that moment in that story, I think, is is really great. And I think they even play that bit out a bit more, don't they? In in the um, if you played the beta of Street Fighter Five, yeah, they do that. Training mode is a sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm expecting to see a bit more of that. The tutorial, they're even jumping back to Alpha then, which goes. I think that's nice to know that the developers of the game realised that Street Fighter Alpha was an important step in their... Mm. It's almost like the Alpha game was when they realised, hang on a minute, we've got something here with these characters. Yeah, Street Fighter 2 was not part of a franchise. It was a replacement for a, frankly, terrible game that has nothing to do with anything really at all, does it? Street Fighter 2 is basically the first Street Fighter game. Mm. Street Fighter Alpha was the beginning of it being... What what we know today with all the action figures and posters and movies and yeah, yeah, definitely. James, you must have come to this more recently. I mean, it's I'm saying it's significant that Andy will have played mm. uh, Alpha One after Alpha Two because Alpha Two so comprehensively replaces it. But I think you've come to the whole series latterly. Yeah. So uh, as Dan was saying there, um, I, 
I was amongst a group of friends who all played Street Fighter 2. Um, I would have been sort of 10, 11 at the end of primary school when it came out. And a lot of us had Super Nintendos. That was a game that if you had a Super Nintendo, you had Street Fighter or a version of it, um, depending upon exactly where between 92 and sort of 94, 95-ish um, you picked up the console. So it's weird because Alpha passed me by completely. I remember a moment of hearing that Street Fighter 3 was coming and a couple of my friends who still played games by that point uh, having a conversation with them about how it's all new characters, don't care, you know, if, if they're not going to use the proper characters, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, just wasn't interested. And probably the reason for that was I'd missed Alpha. And so I'd missed that step that you guys all took, realising this wasn't just a single fighting game a bit of a phenomenon it was actually going to be the start of something more technical more more advanced i guess in in several ways um i, I missed that step so the weirdest thing is in 2006 i'd well i'd had a, a psp for a while but um i just happened to be in a blockbuster looking through games and i spotted a street fighter game for psp I didn't, I saw it was called Alpha 3 Max, didn't mm. matter. It was a Street Fighter game, hadn't played Street Fighter in years, um, obviously it being sort of 15 years since Street Fighter 2 came out. So I just picked it up and all I wanted from it was the ability to throw fireballs and, you know, yeah, do a dragon like, punch. Basically that's things. it. Um, I just wanted to be able to to see the the same characters that I'd played in Street Fighter 2 and, and recognise that I still had the ability to pull off the odd move, even though it was on the PSP D-pad, uh, which wasn't bad, to be fair. Yes, in Japan, uh, which is where I got my first copy of uh, Street Fighter Zero mm. 3, uh, whatever it was called over there, Double Upper. Double Upper, yeah. They uh, gave away a very nice stick-on D-pad for your PSP, which mm -hmm. made it an actual proper fighting game d-pad which was a yeah, lovely yeah. thing thank fortunately the vita uh, d-pad is is slightly more functional for fighting yeah. games than the psps was yeah so as it happened i'd picked that game up not intending to play an alpha game uh, not really even by that point aware of what the alpha games were just because i say they'd right. pass me by but mm. um so it's only in the past couple of weeks that i've now gone back and uh played alpha and alpha 2 uh, but it's really interesting to see how much the series took off at that point, or at least retro retrospectively, it seems like that's the case. And uh, noticing all the stuff that kind of w was the was the stepping stone technically in terms of what Capcom were doing with the the fighters. So, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I've had sort of a couple of weeks of putting a um, a number of hours into each of these games, and obviously with um, three Alpha Max, I was able to, Alpha three Max, sorry, I was able to kind of go back and and recognise where all of the changes and differences and all the different um, isms and modes kind of came from. So there's some pretty amazing uh, credits on the Alpha series. Um, probably the key name throughout is Noritaka Funamizu, who goes by the nickname of Pooh, uh, and that's the credit you'll see. Um, his CV stretches all the way back to some of the earlier Capcom coin-ops such as Gunsmoke and Sidearms Hyperdyne, that was his, um, all the way through the Street Fighter series, um, going all the way through really um, up until uh, I think the mid-2000s, he was working on the Resident Evil Outbreak series by that mm. point, but one of Capcom's main people for a long time. Uh, Haruo Murata also worked on it. Um, a Monster Hunter Freedom person latterly, um, also wrote on Dragon's Dogma. And then there's uh, Hideaki Itsuno, 
who uh, whose first game at Capcom was uh, Planner on Quiz and Dragons, which you may know from a PSP compilation, which is like a, a, a trivia RPG arcade game. Um, yep, yeah, and uh, but he also worked on uh, Rival Schools and Power Stone and Capcom versus SNK, and then more recently uh, Dragon's Dogma and uh, supervised DMC Devil May Cry. I'm um, not sure how the rest of Capcom feel about that one now, but uh, uh, we liked it. A bunch of uh, Capcom composers worked on it. I won't name check them all, but this had a very distinctive sound as well as as well as these anime style graphics, these really vibrant, bright, solid uh, characters and whatever else. This also had this very uh, sort of lively, slightly cheesy, but I always found incredibly appealing jazz funk soundtrack. Um, and on the, the home versions for PS1 and Saturn, which were pretty much arcade perfect, both of them in this case, or in fact in some ways slightly better because they had a few enhancements, including what they call an arranged soundtrack, which was where uh, uh, Masato Kuda uh, added um, his own instrumentation, um, guitars and keyboards and, and things like that to, to the mix. So that was lovely. But actually one of the things that I think I like the most about the Alpha series is is the uh, the sound effects. So the sound design's by Hiroaki Kondo. Um, nickname is X86K. And for me, I don't know about if any of you agree, that one of the things that I'd always felt was slightly lacking in previous Street Fighter 2 releases were, was that the sound effects didn't quite communicate the, the sort of the real crack of contact. Whereas in Alpha, uh, the Alpha series... I still find it immensely satisfying to do multi-hit combos just because you've got that kind of real chop socky, high-pitched kind of um, very crisp uh, contact noise. For me, it makes a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's something they've got better and better at as the series yeah. has gone on. Um, with obviously peaking with third strikes parry noise, right. where you, like, you hear that noise and you know something's about to go down. Like and you've done something very clever. Yeah. Well, I'd actually say I, I, I'd have to interrupt you on the the parry thing there. The alpha counter noise oh, beats yeah, that good... every day. The, the alpha counter is, is the best noise in in any game. Okay, carry on. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's something they've always got right, and like I know what you mean. Like Street Fighter Two was lacking a little bit, obviously, just down to presumably system limitations at a time. Yeah, but, I think but to a point. Those noises yeah. are sort of iconic, though, like because of the popularity of the game. Like sure. I can hear like that weird sound that makes when da- when Zangief does that weird crotch grab throw, <laughs> that kind of weird crunch. <laughs> yeah, like, I could hear that. And instantly go like someone's playing Street Fighter. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where, yeah. Whereas na- now they're just you know that it was onwards and upwards from there, and now there's just like every single game has just it just sounds awesome. Just it's yeah. instantly like rewarding the way it, the sound effects kind of tie in with what you're seeing is like really important. Mm. Like the mm. noise it makes when you're about to hit a super. And the game oh, yeah. pauses. Oh, I love it! As it kind of charges up as well. That's probably my favourite sound effect in any game is the alpha, uh, the alpha charge up noise. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's like half a <laughs> second long, but it just yeah. it says you are about to unleash. It's almost sort of mechanical or sci-fi sounding. But I, the first time I heard it in in a Brighton arcade, I was in love. You know, it was just. I just adore it. It's it's really good at letting you know something special is going to happen, which is exactly what the sound should do. But yeah, when I think back to Street Fighter 2, it's it's the grunts and groans that I remember rather than the actual impact sounds. Just They sound so wacky, basically. Mm. Um, But it it feels like the effects, the sound effects in, in that game, 
it's because they, there needed to be some sound effects. Whereas in this game, it's like, right, what sound would actually go here? What should be here? It just seems like there's much more thought to the nuance of of what each sound should represent and what the feeling that the player should have from it should should be. I think they said the word sound design is probably more accurately given to mm. an alpha game than than Street Fighter Two. Like you say, they they needed sound in that game, so they put sounds in. Whereas clearly yeah. it was crafted. Clearly, it wasn't just a guy who was doing something else who yeah. recorded some sounds, you know. And of course, Alpha Zero brought a lot of new features to the series, many of which remain, some of which have been taken out and put back in. And we'll, we'll talk a bit about the ones that uh, persist. But one, one of the probably the more controversial ones that didn't persist was the idea of chain combos. So this arrived with uh, the Darkstalkers series and... You have to remember, this was a time when Capcom had only recently accidentally invented the combo. <laughs> so uh, I think this was one of their first ideas, interestingly, to kind of do what they're talking about doing now with Street Fighter V, which is actually making a deeper game more accessible. So to allow people to put together two or three, at least two or three hits rather than one or two, you know, unless you're spamming Chun-Li's lightning legs or whatever. Um, this was a way of simply chaining together uh, light, medium, strong kicks and punches and giving you a chance of, of opening up a combo. But I, I assume this didn't prove very popular with the scene because it, this, it kind of started to die out after this game, didn't it? Right. In this exact specific way of, of doing the input, it, yeah, it, it sort of died but there are little nods to it throughout the series still like um the target combos in street fighter 4 mm. they're not just me like medium heavy like it is here but they are they are a series of button presses whether that be you know a medium punch and then forward and punch or sometimes just medium punch heavy punch or something like mm. that but it, it, it most most of the characters in 4 have like what's called a target combo which is a series a, a you know a Two, you know, two or three hit combo that is right. basically tapped in, and the um, with target combos for the most part, the input window on them is quite generous. The main trick, and this is certainly something that they're looking at with five, which you know, we won't dwell on too much, is and it's just nice to see mm. the sort of evolution of this kind of mm. thing. Is um, they're trying to keep that level of being able to put the combos together easily uh, yeah. you know so it's it soften the releasing windows like you have with this specific combo but offer the freedom to kind of mix and match yourself rather than it being very specifically this these two button inputs or this order of you know progression through the you know light light medium heavy i think also like uh, classic combos that you'll see uh for ones that have persisted through games as well. In general, combos that use multiple strength attacks generally go from lighter to heavier attacks and sometimes sideways a bit. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's a sort of... I think it was their sort of... It this, and it allowed basically any amount of chaining combos almost. And then they realised they had to pair it back. And if they took out maybe 90% of those, they'd be left with these combos that needed to be found rather than done it any way you wish mm. the biggest nod to it though um if i'm reading street fighter 4 feng shui engine essentially gives her this style of chain combo yeah, on all that's actually yeah that's right and it's the bane of my existence mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> interesting story on on, on that bit there about that because i i thought this was i that's an amazing thing to do put that in that's a really cool idea but when i was um previewing that game there were a bunch of people all playing it uh, it would have been super um we couldn't figure out what that ultra did at all 
Right. S- suspicion between the, the players that actually the version we had, which wasn't finished, it didn't actually do anything. It just, <laughs> just made her a bit purple and made her eye light up. But that's just definitely the sort of throwback to chain combos. I really like that. Um, Good stuff. And it also, uh, Zero brought in, um, so the, the Super Gauge had come in with uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, but now we had um, more than one Super per character and a three-level Super Gauge adding layers of uh, strategy where whether you wanted to save up and use uh, all three in one go or whether you just wanted to do a level one Super move, that was a, a huge difference, really. The aforementioned Zero uh, or Alpha Counters. I love them, but, and it is, <laughs> they are... I think that when you get really good at the alpha games, they are one of the reasons why I think that a lot of other Street Fighter games are a bit more fair. Uh Because an alpha counter, to explain it simply for anyone who's listening to this podcast who's not massively into Street Fighter, is if you're blocking in a Street Fighter game, you're you're holding back. And, you know, as someone throws a kick, you kind of see the animation of your character blocking and you usually get like a little impact marker. Yeah. When you see that impact marker, if you roll from back to down and press uh, punch or kick, depending on the character, you will basically see your character kind of parry it and attack back with a preset move. It uses a chunk of your super bar as well, yeah. Use a bit of your meter. So, you know, you kind of use it when you're being stuck in the corner and someone's just firing out a block string at you and just peppering you with shots and you can use it to kind of turn the tide. It was eventually, it's kind of like the precursor to the the parry system I just mentioned in Mm. Third Strike, Mm. where in Third Strike, it doesn't use any of your meter, but in order to do it, instead of pressing back to block, you have to press forward at the exact time that the the attack lands. So there's a risk-reward there. Yeah, the risk-reward is much greater in Third Strike, because if you balls the timing up, You've just walked into the attack because you're pressing forward. And I feel that, like, although, again, I'm quite good at alpha counters, so I find it incredibly entertaining. But I think that when you get two (laughs) two players who are very good with it, uh-huh. It does become a little bit of a stalemate. Do you think that's why the none of the alpha games ever really had any uh, lasting uh, presence in the in the competitive scene? Was it could it be that? Uh, no, I think that it was just out of the fact that the competitive scene was very much in its infancy. So it's not very well balanced. It's none not- of them. I mean, I thought two was quite well balanced. I mean, well, alpha one as well. When we get onto two, we'll probably get into the fact that it's better in every way, like you said. Uh, and three basically is too complicated. Really, yes. there's too much yeah. stuff going yeah. on there. It's just ridiculous. You couldn't possibly balance that. It's like no, no. There's like 25 yeah. characters in base game, and everyone has even in the base even yeah. has 40 by the PSP one. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's insane. For two, maybe yeah, and alpha two, you'll see combo videos on. But I think there was quite a lot of extremely long rows in Alpha 2, which yeah. meant it was a bit of a get your hit in and you win type right. game. Yeah, a uh, bit Marvel. Uh, okay. it's, a bit, it's a bit Marvel, yeah. Okay. It always felt, as somebody who isn't that higher level player, I mean, I, I enjoy the Marvel games and I can I can obviously feel the difference between the, the lack of sort of uh, precision, shall we say, in that um, compared to some of the other fighting games. But Alpha to me uh, or alpha 2 certainly which is my favorite i'll make no bones about it of this mm-hmm. trilogy um always felt like the perfect sweet spot for me between the hyper technical nature of certain fighting games and i'm including other people's games in this like arc, arc system works and some of snk's games um and the 
and the the crazy ludicrous screen filling end which i also enjoy of the of the versus series yeah i think so i think we do need to before we move entirely past alpha counters and i will stop talking about them eventually That's and right. i think this is why they're better than parries is that totally cool <laughs> animation where when you do it their opponent is set like literally spinning yeah, around, spinning, spinning. Yeah, that's, yeah. It does, on the floor. that's the thing is, don't get me wrong, I love them. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> I just think that they're like, like f- for something so effective at changing the tide of battle. Yeah, they're a little bit too easy. You're already holding back to block, and yeah. this, you just you just roll the. You know, the, well, yeah, yeah. if you know how to do a fire, fireball motion, then you know how to do this. Just rotate it, you know, yeah. f- from back. So. There's a logic to it. Yeah, well. I was I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast the other night, and um, I was playing a bit of it. Uh, and again, once I'd sort of warmed up, and I was like, "All right, I'm hitting some alpha counters now." <laughs> I was just against some of like the harder because I was just playing against the AI. Just when I was playing against the harder ones in arcade mode, I was just baiting them in for it, yeah. like knowing like full well, like right, if it tries to do anything on me, I'm just going to alpha counter. Actually, I think you. I think I remember this. Actually, I got a memory that you you brought back there that the AI, at least in maybe one and two doesn't really know it, it can do alpha counters from time to time but it doesn't really know yeah. that you can do them because it, it will fall for it every single time yeah <laughs> You're like come on come on right i'm just gonna kill you with these alpha counters now there's uh, there's some significant issues with the ai in alpha one um famously the the fact that uh it just decides to do weak medium strong version of their of each character's uh special moves the, the like three dragon punches three across the screen so just on um alpha counters what you were saying dan about um uh alpha three being the too complex to, to actually balance yeah and i agree but they actually changed alpha counters in that unless they i'm did. mistaken they did yeah they did. yeah you, you yeah. had to, to something more like a parry the, the weird thing is that by alpha three I agree, it's way too complex, because how do you balance three versions of any one character against three versions of every character? 40 characters by the end. it doesn't. But actually, there's clearly some steps being made in in the way the game plays to address some of those issues. It's just kind of strange. And the other thing I was just going to quickly say about the the gauges, the three-stage super gauge and the fact that it changes colour, um, obviously, having seen it way afterwards, really reminded me of a versus game. Um, thinking back to Marvel Capcom Two in particular. Oh, the the it. interface is very um, yeah, versus C, yeah. um, especially by Three Max. Actually, there's a lot of kind of multicolored mm. gauges and stuff on the screen to uh, remind me of yeah. versus games. Um, which thinking I was going back to something that looked more like Street Fighter 2 was actually quite a surprise. Yeah, it was definitely uh, sort of the start of that evolution, I think. Um, that's that's one of the reasons that I'm giving out these other releases for context to see sort of what happened yeah, and when. The, the, um, the yeah, like we'd already had Children of the Atom and that had mm, um, yeah, yeah. significant emphasis on on these X moves and, and uh, Darkstalkers as well. Um, another thing, we're talking about um, changing the tide of battle. Well, Street Fighter Alpha brought in um, a whole bunch of new stuff to aid the defending player, um, air blocking being the most obvious and significant. Mm. Um, but also you've got defensive roles. You can break your fall in certain situations. And there's tech hits as well, which is countering a throw by entering the, the corresponding throw command simultaneously to your opponent. Mm. Um, Although it's not what we think of teching now where you actually stop the throw. Uh, you mm. get caught in a grapple and then you break out of it. 
Sure. So yeah. it's it's just kind of just to make the point that it's not what someone who plays Street Fighter Four would think of as Tekken. No, Tekken. I think actually those things you've just mentioned, Lily, on the the alpha, what we said uh, alpha counters or a defensive move, air blocking, uh, defensive rolls, take it, something like that. They were all the points where the game's animation as well. You when you saw those things, you saw that. Wow, yeah. this is you something totally different to Street Fighter, <laughs> yeah. right? The the yeah. like rolling and air blocking. No air blocking. You're like, wow. I don't know. They don't really never made it out of alpha air blocking, which is probably a good thing. That's a terrible idea, really. But it just mm. looked cool as well, right? It just looks really good. Yeah, it, it adds to the speed of the game as well. Like when you've, you know, when you you know, see someone do a defensive roll straight into a dragon punch or something like that. It makes it look like a much faster paced game. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the same with air blocking yeah. as well, because it, it does mean that uh, you can constantly you can kind of jump go in. forward. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, that's you it. can constantly attack on it. So yeah. it's um I think that's another reason why the Alpha series is is my favourite because because of that. And it, it's kind of like the difference between the Souls games and Bloodborne to me. It's like mm. it, it's it puts you on the front foot and that's my mm. my nature in, in video games, if not in life. <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, I love the fact that I can kind of uh, get up in the air a bit more and and without the same level of of risk. I'm you know I love I love he the says, Street Fighter. He Force says series, this but... is a blanker player. By the way. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm only a blanker player in in four. Uh, although latterly in in zero three as well. But uh... Uh, air throwing is is another thing actually. That unless I'm about to make a complete idiot. No, myself. There, there was an air throw. At least one or two air throws in Street Fighter Two. Oh, Guile right. had one. Chun Li. Yeah. Guile's yeah. got the best one. That back oh, breaker. the backbreaker. That's that amazing. Back yeah, only sure. recently bettered by um, Zangief's new air throw in five. Yeah, we should talk a little about the roster, but we're not going to have time to go into it in massive detail. But uh, So this brought in uh, several characters who made their debut in the 1987 game Street Fighter. That's Ryu Ken Sagat Birdie from England, uh, add-on. Now, just quickly, um, it's worth noting that Birdie at this point actually changed race. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, he, he was, uh, he's a British punk. Yeah. Yes. And he was a white British punk yes. in Street Fighter. Yeah. And that, now he's a black British punk. Yeah. <laughs> And he, um, he, in Alpha yeah. 3, one of his win quotes actually makes reference to this. <laughs> Does it? Oh, yeah, okay. just sort of go like, yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> and he had the reverse, the reverse Jackson, as it's yeah. known. <laughs> yeah, it also brought in um, Final Fight characters, Guy mm. and Sodom, occasionally uh, renamed as Katana in, well, in the Super Nintendo version of, of Alpha 2 because it's too risque. Sodom um, always stands out to me. Whenever I see him, I know... Street Fighter characters can look like anything, and there's been other Final Fight characters, etc. He yeah. always looks like he shouldn't be in a Street Fighter game. I don't know <laughs> really? what it is about his design. He's, he's also, as we record this podcast in 2016, yeah. the only one that hasn't come back. Oh, he rem- okay. yeah, 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 he yeah. remains the only one. I'd never, like, I'd like, not really spotted that. That's a good point. He's he's an American guy who's obsessed with Japanese culture, isn't he? That's his, yeah, his story. Yeah, he's wearing jeans and... <laughs> And Kabuki then he's basically armor. got like American football body armor on, yeah, and and a samurai helmet, and he's got two sai as well. I love his voice, helmet. and I love his stage. Uh, so I'm, he's I'm, a lot I'm of fun players as well. It's a bit good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he rolls you up, doesn't he? In, yeah, in yeah. his, I had to look up a move list to work out what his moves were because I was trying everything I could think of, like every combination I could think of to try and see. But they're all half circle and three quarter circle stuff. It's full on. Yeah, proper sort of winging your thumb, thumb and I know what you mean about him not belonging though do you think he didn't come back because he doesn't really look like he belongs or because his name is a little bit rude 
possibly. <laughs> They've yeah. changed names oh, in the, the past. Side, that wouldn't have been. Yeah. They could have katanaed him everywhere, I suppose. I suppose, but, yeah. Um, so Nash makes his debut, or Charlie, um, Guile's old mucker. Um, this being set before Street Fighter 2. Uh, <laughs> debut character is Rose, a gypsy who uses tarot cards as her method of attack. She features in the uh, the quite brief uh, original intro to this game. She's very central to the story, isn't she, Rose? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, at this point, is her story, because I didn't, I didn't play through her in arcade mode, is her story fully fleshed out as she is sole sibling to yeah she's basically bison. uh the opposite of bison she has the opposite yeah, yeah. psycho power and she's the one she she warns um ryu against going up against bison i believe because it might um you know evil him which it pretty much does yeah <laughs> you know how yeah. it gets yeah. but oh, yeah, she, evil. he gets evil ryu yeah so yeah. There's, it's yeah. never really fleshed out as much as you it's still left as a mystery as to who she really is and what that power is but she's definitely like the good part of of uh, yeah. uh, of bison yeah, yeah for sure i love her stage music as well i've played it on sound of play podcast before it's one of my favorite character themes i think her, her move mechanics were quite revolutionary as well i think yeah, for uh, sure. reflecting fireballs sort of that mm. yeah jumpy up air thing What's that called? Mm. I suppose it's an air, air grab. grab. It is an air grab. But it's not really. It's like a command air grab, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. I really liked her. She was she was the thing that really caught my eye because so far, if we go through this list, you've got well, uh, going through the list that we're looking at here, it's mm. uh, okay. Birdie, not so much as uh, not so familiar. Uh, Aiden, you could say was a bit too sagatty, but he's not really. And then you've got a guile clone, and then you hit Rose, and you're like, oh, she is. Totally She's entirely yeah. different. There's final yeah. fight characters yeah. we'd seen before, Chung Li and all the bosses. They're all basically Shotos or or old characters. Yeah. But Rose yeah. was the one who mm. really stood out yeah. to me in this. Yeah. Is that do you think an advantage of having generally fewer female characters throughout Street Fighter up to this point? A lot of the male characters tended to start looking similar because, like three quarters of the characters were male, whereas. If you're looking at yeah. female characters, predominantly Cami and Chun Li are the two that stand out. Mm. Making someone who looks different from them isn't hard, really. It, yeah, it's definitely something, and it's also finally something that Capcom appear to have noticed <laughs> because um, with five, there's a lot of very big name characters being missed out of that game, mm. but to make way for a very varied roster, mm. like like yeah. Ken and Ryu are both in it. But yeah. they're not as closely linked as they are in the alpha games, where like you know they've got slightly different move properties. Like they're yeah. now two different characters, completely different move, like yeah. almost a completely different move set. Um, where, whereas you know Chun Li, Cami, um, Rose, Jewelry, they're all they're all very different. Instantly, they're not all just Shotos, yeah. with the exception of Sh- Sakura, who's still quite different, <laughs> even yeah. you know even within that sort of ballpark. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, it is clear here that, you know, the female characters are the ones that are a lot more diverse, but, um, it's something that f- has finally gotten through to Capcom that, and they've created a much more diverse roster for the later games. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah. So Ve- uh, Vega or M. Bison, the iconic final boss, uh, returns, which I suppose they could have not done as it's a prequel, but they mm. decided to, they also brought back, uh, Akuma or Guki from... Ooh. Who was the uh, <laughs> the um, the secret character in the previous game? Yeah, um, I've never beat him. In this, <laughs> oh, right, the final. Yeah, the arcade mode. 
Yeah, yeah. so I, 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 whenever I fight him these days, it's in the arcade mode because it's always on like MAME or something like that. You yeah. hold down both medium punch and kick and start, well, player one at the same time. You hold them, but you hold all three of those down until your character goes into the into the match, and Akuma shows up at the start and just destroys the person you're supposed to fight. And amazingly, you get one go at him because yeah. if you lose, it just says game over. That's right. <laughs> it continues. So you just get this one crack at him, and I yeah. swear, I swear, like you need to get someone from Capcom on here. He's reading your inputs. <laughs> there's yeah. a there's an um a famous infamous Street Fighter Four streamer. Uh, called Tool Assisted, uh-huh. who has an able, and his able is completely mechanical, and it's actually incredible to watch him play, right? Because it'll do things like, like it'll just sit there and bide its time and build meter, and the second you backdash, like the millisecond you backdash, he'll <laughs> fire out the ultra, and it's like totally computerized reflexes. Mm, yeah. mm. This Akuma does stuff like that. Like, yeah. you'll be sat there blocking every single attack, just blocking, 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 defensive wall. And the second you tap light kick to just throw out a little jab to <laughs> test the waters, he'll hit you with an ultra. I swear it's reading your inputs Probably. because I've never managed to beat him. Yeah, I got through to, by by uh, win condition, I got through to Shinakuma on Alpha 2 the other day. And it's just, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. He's like multiple air fireballs. Um, mm. He just quickly builds up his meter to maximum and then does, does his, uh, yeah, yeah. whatever you know, that thing where he just touches you and you die, basically. 1,000 deaths, yeah, the yeah. Um... Yeah. The raging, raging do, demon, I, yeah. is that the word we're the all raging, for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the translation, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this game, of course, also uh, saw the debut of Capcom's uh, kind of, yeah, kind of uh, middle finger, really, to yeah, yeah. SNK, who had, kind of, um, you know, SNK had seen an opportunity here. They'd, they'd been around. They'd, they'd kind of always cloned Capcom's arcade games because they were making Ikari Warriors when, we, when Capcom were making Commando mm. and so on and so forth. Mm. So when Street Fighter 2 had a big hit with... Uh, Capcom had a big hit with Street Fighter 2. Uh, they started releasing games like World Heroes Perfect and Art of Fighting. Um, and some of the characters in it looked remarkably like Capcom characters, um, such as Rio and Robert Garcia. So um, Dan Hibiki was created and he's a kind of a he's kind of a, a, a an emotional sap and he's got silly animation and he's got a ridiculous super move and uh, he can taunt infinitely. And he's basically a kind of Mickey take of SNK's uh, characters. But of course, later on, we would get the Capcom versus SNK games and uh Everything was uh, everything was hunky dory. Dan is excellent though. He's Let's funny. Know. He's yeah. um, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Just the ability to taunt. Endlessly. Thanks very much. Oh, sorry, you mean the, <laughs> yeah. the ability to taunt endlessly is it will it, it we are what like you know we're just coming out the tail end of Street Fighter Four where he's in as well now and it's still generations later. It's and still it is, a lot of fun. <laughs> it is still great as somebody who, anyone who can control a, a Shoto character, if you're playing against somebody who is significantly weaker, a Street Fighter player than you, you just start to be Dan yeah. <laughs> and give him a chance. Uh, but probably you beat still. Them and it's yeah, really rubs it in. Yeah, it's, that doesn't go down well. Uh, in Puzzle Fighter, of course, Dan only attacks with red bricks. <laughs> yeah, so it? it's basically it creates massive opportunities for your opponent to constantly pummel you so if you win with dan in puzzle fighter uh expect to be hit i was uh hit by my then girlfriend many times for doing just that (laughs) 
so the home conversions happened. Um, I'd love to get really deep down and dirty into the nitty gritty of this, but unfortunately we won't really have time. Um, but it's the sort of thing I have a lot of fun with. But basically there were PlayStation Saturn versions of uh, Zero One, Alpha One. Um, at this point, because there was a, not a huge amount of graphical data in each game, both uh, both ports were pretty much identical. They used the source code from the arcade machine um, with those... Uh, enhancements that i talked about unfortunately this being the mid 90s um the uk or the european versions on pal uh, did not have optimizations they did not have 60 hertz options fortunately the turbo speeds meant that you could at least play them at something uh, resembling the speed of the arcade versions and the north american and japanese versions but the graphics were squashed visibly because of the, the the different number of lines and the but maintaining the aspect ratio, the graphics, uh, the characters are slightly shorter and fatter in the PAL version than they are uh, elsewhere. Nevertheless, I loved my PAL version to death, even despite the fact that the box art for the Western <laughs> version is possibly yeah. one of the most offensive things uh, in the entire 32-bit era of gaming. Now there was some it's a bad. Rough one. <laughs> there was some bad box art. But it arguably misrepresents the game as well. It's just because <laughs> it looks like a brawler where there's multiple characters on screen at once because there's actually a fight happening. The it, quality of art, very in that. bizarre. Somebody pointed, I think it was CMVG at the time, pointed out that it looks like Guile, um, Guile, done it again. Charlie is is just like some vagrant who's asking for change. <laughs> um, Charles is just standing off at the side, yeah spectating yeah and i mean it's just it's just very you know low quality art. It's the, the, there's the odd perspective to it as well it yeah. it's from yeah. about five yeah. and the fact that akuma's kanji is on the floor but it doesn't really oh, is look it? like it's on the floor <laughs> yeah. it's kind of I'd never yeah. noticed behind that. right it's just there randomly in shadow and look on the at bison's head at the top <laughs> what the hell is that it looks like he's melted that's what's happened there. Shambolic. <laughs> Fortunately, um, they did away with this uh, this ridiculous idea of kind of changing the artwork from the second game onwards. Uh, so there was no more of that. Um, worth mentioning the Game Boy Color version um, because it exists. It came out much later, November 98 in Europe and March 2001 in Japan. But this was by Crawfish in Croydon in the UK. Um, and it was single player only. And it looks pretty rough, as you'd expect from a Game Boy Color game. But actually, they crammed it all in there. Um, not as impressive as the the Zero Three conversion that we'll talk about later, but still uh, one hell of a job, really. Quick bit of forum correspondence at this point from Alex Maskill, also a contributor to the blog. He says, I was actually too young to play this at the time, though I was a huge Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha fan. I love that game. Uh, our- I remember reading a solid 9 out of 10 review in official PlayStation magazine at the time, back when that was an incredibly impressive thing. But I only got a copy for myself several years later with the GBA version of Alpha 3 came out. I remember being super annoyed at how many charge characters there were, as I was always a Twitch guy. That said, the level of variety and the astonishing range of game modes a ton were unlockable and the GBA version really sold me. I'm not a competitive fighting game guy, but I love them all the same for their variety of colourful characters and their visceral gameplay. In those respects, Street Fighter Alpha is one of the best. Thanks, Alex. Now, we've got some more later on uh, for, of that sort of thing, but now we must move on to Alpha 2. We've already talked about it a bit, but this arrived again as a CPS2 coin-op. This time there was no slightly cut-down CPS1 version as there was with the original. Um, February 1996. So... Uh, my notes here say not only a sequel but also a complete overhaul of the first game and in fact Dan you were saying before we started recording that sort of officially this basically replaces 
Alpha Zero One. Yeah, certainly in in terms of the story, because the story is basically the same, but more, but more. I suppose is a good enough way to finish that sentence. Um, yeah, and it 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 was seen as a sort of uh, replacement and a fix for all the things back in the day. We couldn't we couldn't um, we couldn't fix games with patches and whatnot. But I, I always no, think of it in right. that way that we can. This was what was intended for Street Fighter Alpha, uh, yeah. much in the same way That's that. It, with Street Fighter Three, they did almost exactly the same thing in uh, in the second impact. If we're looking back, there's a good reason why when you have things like the Alpha Collection or Alpha Anfo- Anthology, sorry, you're not really going to choose Street Fighter mm, Alpha, no. are you? You're going to choose mm. Street Fighter Alpha Two because it's no. it's not worse in any way. There's nothing. There's nothing that uh, missing. There's nothing. There's a few backgrounds that that I like in, but that's the only thing. And 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 I, yeah, going back to it now, playing them side by side, which I have been for yeah. for this show. Um, Alpha One feels quite a lot stodgier to play than mm. Alpha Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and the systems, yeah, it's, it's a slicker game. The systems aren't that different, but. Universal chain combos, as we said, were mostly removed, except Jen and Guy have got one or two each, I think. Um, but they but brought that was in this so new... much cooler, though, because it meant yeah, yeah, yeah. those characters they were they were sort of regarded as like quick, you know, nippy characters. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. having these yeah. very rapid combos that you could do suddenly made sense within the context of those two characters. I think that was so, it like, becoming it was cool. Like we said earlier, that was it becoming like they saw it as like, oh, that was a bit too much. Uh, if you want to yeah. be able to mm-hmm. do anything. Maybe we should fit it to characters, and obviously, again, Kai uh, and Guy, sorry, are both fast yeah. characters, so it suited them very well. So I never really relied. I still don't, by habit, play towards using custom combos a lot in Alpha Two. Um, I tend to, I tend to still focus on using super moves. But am I losing? Am I missing out here? It it, it depends on the situation. Um, yeah. One of the things that I find quite good with them is, you know how they constantly push forward. Mm. Uh, um, with someone like Ken, um, where his, his two ultras is one of them is, you know, the kind of triple dragon punch, which moves forward in three stages. If yeah. you do it, that's if you do the, the level three one, otherwise it's just kind of one stage or two stage. Um, and then he's got the, the big spiral dragon punch, which is, he just goes straight up on the spot. Um, it's got a little bit of a um, vortex to it where it pulls uh, nearby plate people into it. Uh, and uh, if you mash the buttons, it does more hits. But, I'd um, forgotten that when yeah, I've been playing mash. it the last few weeks. Yeah, you got mash. Got I mash. used to know that. Do you know what? <laughs> yeah, um, Always mash your buttons when you're doing an ultra. There's no reason not to. Who knows? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of the best Every things. Ultra. I, thought, just press I, thought, I, I always felt I looked cooler if I didn't mash the buttons. Do you, do you so. take your hands off the stick and lean back? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's caught me out. That's caught me out a few times. <laughs> There's nothing worse than the false finish. <laughs> yeah, the oh, lead back. You're just like, oh, that's me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You have to dive back. Um, yes, pride comes before a fall. Exactly. So yeah, to, to the I suppose we should explain um, to people that haven't experienced this. This is this basically takes all the recovery time out of any move. Um, as your character kind of lurches or just kind of slides. They do from, slide, don't they? They don't walk. They yeah. do slide forward. Yeah. <laughs> across the screen and you can yeah just i mean this is this is a moment for button bashing if you want it to be including Um, specials as well you can you can keep throwing fireballs and and uh although i don't think that's ever really the the correct way to do it but yeah i know what you mean about maybe uh using uh where you think you should be using supers rather than custom combos because well frankly they do more damage and if you don't really know what you're doing with a custom combo there's an awful lot of 
uh, it's sort of an instinct to just smash all the buttons because that works, okay. right? It does work. But then when you look at what you just did with three levels of bar, mm. you go, oh, that that didn't do anything. I always find custom combos quite a fun way to finish a, finish a match. You see an opening <laughs> and run in and, and you know one of these 30 or 40 jabs you're going to throw. Yeah. is gonna hit right and especially i yeah. find from a jump in it it can it can because of the game freeze that you get from a custom combo it's similar to the to the supers you sort of freeze the game for a second i find it mm-hmm. can throw people from a from a jump in so if you jump in and do it they're ready to hit you but oh you, you froze the game for a second there and then you can yeah. just and then i just start mashing around with it but yeah i see what you mean there is more damage to be gained from a well-placed or comboed into a uh, super mm-hmm. but they just they look cool and and mm. It's worth noting, I think, as well with um, custom combos. I'm not. No, this is it is in two. The two buttons that you press change the custom combo as well. I think it was just it's it's another really cool way of uh, offering, uh, like depth. Um, because obviously it's custom, you can, to an extent, do some really interesting stuff with it. You know, depending on your skill level, it's it's obviously a lot harder to get great results out of it and. You know, than it is just to hit a level three super at the right time. Yeah. But um, but again, this is something that we're seeing. Again, it's it's relevant as we you know head into Street Fighter V's release. That that is a game that is a lot simpler mm. on its base levels, yeah. but there are systems in there that create depth. And I think that's what you've got with Alpha Two is there is a balanced system which will allow other players to get into it. So you know, if you're like a novice, you can hit. Again, a basic combo, but you can, um, you know, if you want to stick a super on the end of that now, you don't have to do the command. You just hit those two buttons and you get it. Uh, But on the other end of that spectrum, if you're someone who has put in the time and the research and knows how to optimize custom combos and, you know, how to do like juggles with dragon punches in the corners and stuff when you're in the middle of a custom combo, then, you know, that option is there. It's, it's, it's you know it's um no I think that's one one of the cooler things about uh, so Alpha Two. My my question would be they had chain combos in Alpha One, and the feedback Capcom got obviously led them to think right this isn't suitable for every character. It's better being specific characters whose playstyle already suits that. So what about custom combos? If you you think that's the case what about custom combos makes them more suitable to be applied to every single character i think that they use In meter is is it uh, you basically right. get to do it okay. once per round probably uh, and that's it really yeah. because it, it's a risk it, it, you get to do it once and if you fluff it up it doesn't really matter, you know. Like it doesn't really yeah. matter what yeah. character you were; they're all the same. But it does level the playing field in that, in that most characters' custom combos are probably, for your average player, going to be someone mashing out jabs and dragon punches and missing with half of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. But yeah, I think it's more it's more fair than the other thing because it it doesn't really mm. matter; it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, we okay. should say damage on every, any move is massively reduced oh, compared yeah. to its normal usage yeah, yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. Even the best custom combo I've ever done, I've looked up at the bars afterwards and thought, well, that was a waste was of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I only ask because obviously with uh, the point that you guys made about Jury in 4 um, and then looking at 5 where it's like some entire mechanics from previous games are literally only for one or two characters with the the V skill um, system. So to my mind, as someone who's just played these over the past couple of weeks and 
scratched a little at the surface of these mechanics. Custom combos don't seem necessarily um, that much more fair or balanced than chain combos. But I actually I guess think it's, it's it was just a, an attempt at something, and, and you'll see, and mm-hmm. again, it plays out in Alpha Three where you you get to choose if yeah. you want custom combos. You don't even get supers anymore. No. Uh, yes, no. So yeah, I think they were just playing around with it really. And by three, they also realised that. It's not really that good. Um, it just is <laughs> kind of cool. And, and I'd recommend for listeners uh, who are interested in custom combos or, or one, wondering what on earth we're talking about, because we probably haven't <laughs> described them very well because they're so weird, is to look up some Alpha 2 um, combo videos. And you'll certainly see some custom combos in there. And they you'll mm-hmm. see people doing things that I wouldn't have the slightest clue even how they would begin to do that. Uh, right. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't ever claim myself to be a very good Street Fighter player. I mean, better than most, I would say, but not. I hang out with the wrong people. I think is my problem. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, have a concept of how almost everything works in in almost every Street Fighter game, except really long custom combos that do lots of damage. That's one thing that's I can watch it over and over again. And I think nope, not really sure what that was. To be honest with you, that's the thing. Is I think it was just um, because of the you know the kind of flexible nature of them. I do yeah. think that they are they're sort of put in there as something for experts to go like right yeah sure yeah he, sure. you know he, here's some flexibility you know because you know everyone can do you know a jab hit confirm into you know ultra you know whatever it is you know sorry super whatever they're called in in the alpha game yeah. you know you just go in there you know crouching jab into you know reuse fireball or whatever people can get used to that and eventually you know. You get you know, the tactics like people turtling up and just stand, you know, sat there crouch blocking, mm. throwing out jabs randomly. With uh, custom combos, there's way more to them. You know, it, yeah, you make yeah, what yeah. you will of them. Even though I don't, even if I was playing someone, uh, if we were we were playing now, let's say, and, and we we've all sort of admitted we don't have a real grasp on the technicalities of custom combos to deal real damage. <laughs> they're still quite scary when someone pulls that off. When someone starts one, you sort of always found a bit of a panic about it, you know? Because unlike yeah. a, an Ultra or a Super from other games, where you know you, what you're, you're getting either getting it or you're not, right? You're either getting hit yeah, by yeah. that or or you, or you blocked it or you avoided it. When that someone does that weird sort of sliding towards you thing, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. You just, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think I'll just run away from this. You, you, I don't think I've ever <laughs> tried to hit someone out of a custom combo because I'm like, I literally have no idea what's going on. So I'm just going <laughs> to run away. There is nothing worse than being jumped over. Another uh, embellishment was that uh, characters now had uh, two alpha counters each. Yes. One, one on punch and one on kick. So that opened up that game somewhat more. I never really understood that. Maybe someone can under- explain, right? So they have two alpha counters. What's the point in that alpha counter? just knock you away anyway, don't they? <laughs> I thought it was high and low, isn't it? I thought punch is high and kick is low. Oh, that might be true, actually. Yeah, yeah. The, before you couldn't... Could you not low block an alpha counter? I think you could only standing block alpha counter in in zero one. It was an, it was annoying as well going back to it in these last few weeks and playing alpha one mm. and picking a character and going, oh, which button? And of course, this is the days of if you want to know the move list for a player, you best have a tablet next to you while you're playing. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I've got a manual, you see, my, my copy yeah. of Street Fighter Zero, Fighter's Generation, which we'll talk about later, but it was released over here as Street Fighter Alpha Anthology, uh, does have an old-style, nice. actual, 10 yeah, years true. ago manual in it with... Uh, it's all in Japanese, but that's fine. It's, um, it's, got, it's got the moves in there. This was, I think, the first time that uh, your single-player route through the game would depend on which character you picked, so you would get different bosses, effectively. Um, you would have different uh, interchanges, ex- exchanges, I should say, with different characters, if that sort of thing uh, bothered you in the single-player game. I thought, you know, it adds a nice touch. Oh, it really does. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, because, uh, you know, like with all the Tekken games and all this, you know, the, uh, the older Street Fighter 2 games... Part of having one of these games at home was being able to take the time to sit through and complete the game with every character and see all the endings. Mm. And so the more of that kind of stuff there was, even though Capcom, even you know back then, and they're still doing it now, are giving you these very simply animated, um, you know, barely animated in, in many cases um, and quite glib, cheesy little stories. Once you're into it, you're into it and you want to know what happens, uh, you know, whether it's a comedy ending like you know Zangief dancing with Gorbachev or something like that but um, you also want to see you know kind of how these how these characters stories uh, play out well especially as some of them kind of cross over and interweave with one another yeah this added uh, some interesting characters as well Jen from uh, the original Street Fighter but um, looking much cooler now Uh, Relento from Final Fight similarly and uh, Zangief and Dalsim from Street Fighter 2 obviously both looking for me I just think all the sprites in Alpha 2, every single frame of animation is just a work of art, glorious. Mm. And I think also they added, you know, the, the Alpha 1 didn't even have backdrops for every different character. It was it was very bare bones. This has backdrops for everyone plus some extras for different situations. Yeah, it has my favourite background in all of Street Fighter. Which one, Waterfalls? Or? No, the, no? Um, the uh, Boss 2 stage one. It's the field from yeah. the start of the anime. I just think, um, yeah, pretty much every stage in this game is, is, a, is a work of compositional art. I adore mm. Jen's alley with, the, with its reflective puddle, but not in the PlayStation version. Yeah, just every stage and every sprite. I think, like, uh, this was the point I was already um, excited about the graphics in Marvel superheroes and things like that but seeing Zangief brought to massive life in this game I just I still think it looks amazing now obviously it's a lot lower res uh, compared to other things that I'm playing now than it was back in the mid 90s and we've seen some astonishing art from Arc System Works in the Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue games which are just you know eye meltingly good but within context and before they started taking these sprites and putting them against polygon backdrops in things like um, Capcom versus SNK2 I think and Marvel versus Capcom they look just it looks like a comic book come to life like a manga come to life to me and yeah you can see the jaggies and whatever and but but please don't turn the uh filtering option on your anthology compilation because it's 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 an insult to the artist the blurring option yeah i hate they they, i would ban if i was king of the video games world i would ban (laughs) sprite smoothing options because i think i think it's like it's basically like going up to the original artists and and poking your winkle pickers in their in their in their bottoms uh i i just i find it offensive um but i think within context even running this on a ps2 on a modern ish uh lcd screen so you've got certain Im- you know I- image issues with that yeah. i still think this game looks magnificent but playing mm. it if you can play it on mame uh on a on a nice monitor um the alpha series um but particularly too i think is just 
a stunning looking game. One of my favorite looking games ever. That's right. Yeah, the other night when I was streaming it, um, what I use, not that you know, we condone these sort of things, <laughs> but uh, there's well, an excellent piece of software called Fightcade, yeah. um, which is basically, uh, I think it's the Neo Rage emulator. Um, or um, it's it's one it's one of the emulators, but it's uh, it's got um, GGPO built into it. Yeah, it's and it's got a front end attached to it as well, so it's idea. dead easy. And a chat room, which is largely filled with vile people. But um, sadly, yeah. but um, you know, such is the internet and video games these Just days. Rooms, but yeah. however, however, it is a very, very easy way to one play these games, as Leon said, on a monitor in. Full, you know, in an HD resolution without losing, you know, without doing things like the sprite scale, you know, smoothing and stuff. Yeah. So they look fantastic. Yeah. Um, but also, you can play these games right now, present day, in, an incredible netcode because it's running on the GGPO yeah. backbone, which is a rollback netcode, which is incredibly complex stuff. It's the one they brought into a lot of the, like the XBLA and PSN versions of, of these games. Yeah. Third Strike and Darkstalkers, for yeah. sure. Um, it's really, really good stuff. And um, yeah, you can just go on there, find the correct ROM. Um, there's like a universal ROM set that's agreed on, so you just grab the right one. Most websites have it. And you can play this game, the arcade version of it, against other people. Yeah. I will warn you, yeah. most people on it, have yeah. been playing Street Fighter Alpha for 20 team. years. Yeah. yeah, for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And they will body you relentlessly. However, however, the other night, again, when I was doing some research for the podcast, I was playing some uh, Alpha 3 online. Um, had a, I've got a reasonable Cody and a reasonable Dalsim on Alpha 3. Put up a fight, ended up losing. And uh, the guy, you can press T to chat on it. One of the, the guy I was fighting against just said, like, all right, cool, I can see what you're trying to do, but do you want a few lessons? Um, because it's uh, essentially the coin up the second you lose you just press start here comes a new fight challenger and you go straight back in and um, he was just typing out things for me to try and I would do that and we had about 20 matches where I was basically just doing stuff you know practicing a few things that's cool and then after that we had a few matches like proper games so there is a community out there and again if there's a few of you (laughs) but also if there's a few of you listening to this podcast who are interested in playing these games then you know it, it won't take seconds to make a free fightcade account find the games you want to play and all partner up and get on it and this is as good a place as any to um air my grievance that sadly iron galaxy who are doing this amazing job of bringing uh, marvel versus capcom origins and uh street fighter third strike and Darkstalkers trilogy or well the second two games they got to bring all of those to PSN and XBLA and did a marvellous job. They put some excellent trappings around it, fantastic conversions or emulations. But because Darkstalkers sold so poorly, and I think Marvel Origins did, but they've had to take that down from the store because of rights issues, they they clearly were going to do uh, an Alpha 2 and 3 set. It was go- I know it was going to happen, um, but vampire darkstalkers didn't sell well enough for capcom's liking so that never happened which is hence why i'm still playing zero on ps2 and uh and vita the psp version of alpha 3 because it never came to to modern consoles so this fight case solution sounds sounds pretty fantastic really just quickly on a couple of points that we've talked about um previously um presumably the 
the fact that each character has their own set of opponents through arcade modes is the reason why if you continue and then change character you have to start again yeah. <clears throat> from from the start of the eight characters but you skip the one the last one that you won on the previous run that's right yeah it's yeah. this weird thing i was fighting as a kuma got to fight six and sagat just decimated me as he's wont to do um so then i continued as as ryu just because seemed like an easier option and i had to go back to the beginning but guy in spot five who would have been the last match i won as akuma i skipped over but other than that i had to fight every fight yeah which don't get me wrong i'm not complaining <laughs> about it's just it struck me as as odd because that's not something i've ever had to do in a fighting game before. it is odd yeah. i've always thought that might have been a mistake actually uh, possibly yeah but they kept it in there yeah. in all the versions yeah, yeah. similarly um in zero three you can't continue on the final boss <laughs> anymore so <laughs> they took that out as well which is a um, bit mean and and the other thing i was going to bring up is uh for for the artwork something that struck me about alpha 2 uh, in particular is the when the the fight's about start and you get the the title cards and you get uh um just a, a flat image of each character. Mm. Um, I love the art in that because oh, yeah. it really gives a great sense of the kind of anime styling they're going for. The, the one of Sagat is like a perspective shot as if you are, as you would be, smaller than him looking up at him. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a giant chest and shoulders anyway, but they fill up like the the bottom half of the screen and then his head looks much, much smaller because it's a perspective shot. Yeah. And he looks like a mountain in it. He literally looks like the guy is a mountain there because it's got almost a triangular perspective um, to him. It's just so evocative of what it must be to face a seven-foot, you know, um, tie-type <laughs> kickboxer. Um, it just... I love the that artwork in it, mm. um, and and they don't necessarily feel the need to be slavish in those shots to what the sprite looks like. It is more about evoking, as you would in an, in an anime. Yeah, I think there was a relationship by this point yeah. between the you know the the manga artist possibly and the, yeah, yeah. the game artist. It yes. looks like something that someone's hand drawn and then they've converted yeah. into. Yeah, it, it's just beautiful. New character, of course. The only brand new new character was uh, Sakura. Um, a schoolgirl uh, whose uh, hero is Ryu. And um, I actually think, you know, as far as some of Capcom's female characters go, although she is a schoolgirl in a short skirt and everything, and occasionally you can see her knickers and blah, 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 I think she's actually quite a cool character. Oh, yeah, um, she is. Uh, uh, Definitely, and I understand yeah. why she's, um, you know, endured. Yeah, she's not also, yeah. from a story point of view, from her story point of view, she's not a pandering. She, she clearly no. idolises no. uh, Ryu, but wants to fight him and wants to be like him and doesn't really yeah. pander to him. wants to beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wants to beat him, yeah. He, and she's, she's got an attitude on her, and, and I always quite like that about that character, mm. that she's not a sort of pathetic little schoolgirl who wants to be Definitely a not. big fighter. She's, she is, uh, she's just she's tough. She's rock yeah. I mean, she fights, you know, anyone in the game, and she is this meant to be 15 or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if, if you're any good with her, she holds her own. And the other thing I like is by the time we get to Alpha 3, it's important, but she has her own separate rivalries. Her, she is her own separate character. Yes. It's not just all about Ryu by any stretch, no. because by the time Karen comes in, that's a separate rivalry that those two have. And it's, it's you know, she is her own fighter making her own way through this sort of pantheon of world warriors. It's, yeah. Yeah, from a pure gameplay point of view as well, is like she... 
she does, although share a lot of the, the Shoto traits, she is a very different character. Yeah, she's not she's not a palette swap female version. Yeah, you can't play like you would with yeah, Ryu yeah. Her and poke away in footsies and sort of have that sort of you know neutral game where you're just looking to try and you know like you know get your hit and then build from there. Like you know she's actually you know, she's more of a rushdown character. You know you're looking for your opening and then you just want to get right up in their face constantly attacking mm-hmm. and you know again to sort of you know further add to that her fireball doesn't go full screen no you know it's like yeah. a close range thing so you know she although she you know she has the fireball she has you know the hurricane kick and you know yeah. the dragon punch it is you know they, they are utilized in a different way she's, she's she's more of a different character than say you know ken and ryu for, for sure yeah it's and it's interesting in, in um this game by the time Sakura comes in, you've got Dan who is an approximation of Ryu, but not really, with his moves being slightly different and not as good and and yet Sakura is slightly different, but there's no suggestion that it's it's some kind of poor imitation of yeah, Ryu. It's her, as, her as you version. say, it's a different style. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Her interpretation. So less than a year and a half after the the home versions of uh, Alpha One came the home conversions of Alpha Two. Uh, came to PlayStation One and Saturn again. Once again, the European version was unoptimized, was bordered and slow, but again, you could compensate to an extent. Um, by this point, I had a TV where you could actually stretch the screen. You could just kind of zoom in, so that got rid of the borders, and then you turn the speed up, and that kind of put back the uh, the missing 17-odd percent or whatever. Um, but I was always conscious of this until I got a 60 hertz switch fitted to my Saturn, making everything beautiful and proper again um, but this was where and cmvg went to pains to point this out the playstation one was of course a machine designed to shift polygons um, and uh, usher in a new era of 3d gaming the saturn and this was probably sega's downfall in many ways uh, was a sprite shifting behemoth with twin core processors some kind of twin central core processor and an enormous amount of visual memory so generally when you got conversions um, from three of 3D stuff, uh, the Saturn version would be inferior. However, when it came to Capcom's fighting game versions, as as the years went on, the Saturn versions got better and better, aided by the four megabytes of RAM that they you could add on as well. In this case, you didn't even need that, but out of the box, the PS1, um, the soundtrack didn't work correctly. It kind of just plays the whole song and then fades out and fades back in again. The number of sprite, the frames of animation on Saturn way outweighs the PlayStation frames. Um, you can really see it in things like that reflective puddle stage. It's not there on the PlayStation. Things like the fact that Zangief throws his cloak away um, mm. on against anyone on the Saturn, whereas he only does it when it's the same character match on, on PS1. The intro sequence isn't even in engine or in uh, processed in real time on the PS1 it's actually just a, f- a full motion video recording of the arcade version at the start mm. now all this stuff you might say well it's it's trivial but actually the the collective experience I think was was considerably lesser on PS1 the Saturn even got uh, exclusive mode survival mode and a, and a, a hundred uh, high res art images from the development process so generally although it arrived a little later the saturn version was the version to have if if you had the choice back then this was also as you said and cvg were really like you know big proponents of this but this this was the game this sort of period because what this has been about 1996 um 97 that sort of era was i mean again 
the the PlayStation you know just went straight the straight from now on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, again, CVG being the magazine they were, and with the staff they had at the time, um, they were always pointing out that this was kind of the point where like fighting games were really finding their home on the Saturn. Yeah, 2D anyway. Yeah, yeah 2D, yeah. I was about to say, with the exception of things like Tekken. Yeah. Um, and so much so that, you know, when you look at the hardcore fighting game scene to this day, you know, people who still play 2D fighters, people who still play fighting games, um, you know, and, and again, this close to the release of, you know, a new Street Fighter game, if you look at the peripherals that are being released, like the official peripherals that are being released for the... Um, the new game yes there are fight sticks yeah but the pads they're releasing they're sega saturn pad yeah the i know i mean there's that guy isn't there who's one of the best street fighter 4 players in the world who plays with a modified ps1 well, non-analog does, pad, um, which is insane to me yeah, but yeah. but anyone who played street fighter back then really who i knew either you had the choice of the non basically non-functioning d-pad of the ps1 controller and the layout of buttons being with two fascias and a shoulder button admittedly that's how the snes did it as well and people were fine with that or you had the satin pad which laid out the buttons in exactly the same way as, as a coin op so to me it was it was a no-brainer as well as mm. all the technical considerations that made the satin version demonstrably superior it was it was just better to play as well we only spend a very brief amount of time on this but there was another version of alpha so this became uh, known as street fighter zero two alpha or dash or street fighter alpha two gold or street fighter street fighter alpha 2 prime um so it adds cami from super street fighter 2 turbo it's such a disappointment isn't it <laughs> you finally <laughs> That's it. you finally yeah. got to reading those ridiculous names and you're like hey, cami's in it but what was great was um that uh, i mean it, it featured a few balance mm. changes basically this would have been a free update in the modern world yes. um but they released uh, capcom released street fighter collection um, which came with Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo and this version of Alpha 2. So you basically got, uh, you know, something a little, a little different, a little extra, but presentation-wise and in every sense, it's it's almost identical. You you could only spot the difference easily by the fact that the super bars are slightly different colour and things like that. Uh, we've already sort of talked about some of what this brought to the party. I think before we talk about the key features, I think we must come back to that sort of massive sort of overhaul in terms of presentation that I think I'm still not fully okay with. Uh, I like, I like the game very much, but I still feel like I like the intro. The intro to alpha two is just one of my favorite intros to any game. And I really like the intro to zero three and it introduces that new kind of music style, which is very top and bottom heavy it's like I like that in an arcade where you can hear machines picked out by their top end or bottom end, their hi hats and basses. But this, where the melodies are really memorable and catchy for me in Alpha 2, this is all the melodies are played on these awful tinny MIDI guitars and orchestra stabs in Alpha 3. And I just don't, it's just purely subjective, but on an aesthetic level, I didn't like it as much. I love the fact, like, Blanca in this, I just think, looks amazing. I love the character art on Blanca. But, like, so many of the backdrops, there's so many new backdrops, but I don't think many of them have the level of artistic sort of flair that the ones in Alpha 2 did. But I don't know. I'm, how do you chaps feel? I think um, my favourite thing about Alpha 3 is maybe not so much the music, 
but the the visual style of the menus and the overlays mm. and the constantly streaming stuff everywhere Greg Owen <laughs> shouting at yeah, you yeah and and the the voiceover is just unbelievable i i just the things <laughs> they say exactly it, it it's the things they say as well not only are they so enthused and so cool they don't make any sense most of the time sharpen your fangs <laughs> sharpen your fangs it's not the end is my favorite quote from a video game ever <laughs> because i sort of get it but it doesn't really mean anything <laughs> you know and and sometimes he even stumbles over the words he's saying himself. Like he's like, "What yep. the? Why is this?" I'm reading. There's something about. Is there anyone that will be able to stop this fighting machine? He doesn't say that right at all in the game. It's so good, and and he yeah. encourages you when you're playing the single player game. He's telling you about how great you are all the time, and yeah, oh, it's amazing. They sort of they dabbled with this in um, like Marvel versus Capcom. The intro to that. Uh, no, not Marvel vs. Capcom, uh, Marvel vs. Street Fighter. The intro to that had a guy just shouting at you. Mm -hmm. It may have even been the same. Actually, I don't think it is the same guy looking at his credits, but it had this whole kind of, this is the most amazing thing you've ever seen. You've got to play this game right now, and if you do, you'll be awesome. It's the total arcade, well, attractor mode is what that's called, right? (laughs) It's called that for a reason, because there's this guy screaming at you. I love it, though. I but I do love it, but I also miss the kind of the jazz funk, mm. warmer jazz funk vibes of Alpha Two. Yeah, I I think that's what stands out for me is in Alpha Three is the the visual like the the cool rolling sort of overlaid graphics and stuff all over the game before it starts and the, and the utter nonsense they talk, but it just gets me really ready to play. But then when I start playing, I sort of think I wish I was playing Alpha Two. Right, for, for 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 purity and balance. Yeah, and, because sometimes and, yeah. it's a bit overwhelming. Alpha three, isn't it? It's a bit much. Yeah, it's a bit much yeah. there. Like when you get to the character selection, you're like, mm, right, Ryu. Then yeah. I suppose because even before and you're like, that, where is Ryu? The... I can't even find him <laughs> in this grid of a million people that have very similar faces now. Even before before that, when you get to the mode select, <laughs> yeah. uh, certainly on Alpha three max, the number of modes. It's like. Oh yeah, it's crazy on, on the, the Vita top version. Left, PSP, I'll go for that. Yeah, <laughs> PSP version, but that's got reverse dramatic battle, which is yeah, yeah. Uh, one versus fights, two. Yeah. Dramatic battle, and, and there's a thing, right? I mean, it didn't really work on a lot of the home versions very well, but pretty cool, right? Yeah, and it's never really been done again, has it? It works very well on the PS uh, P version and the PS2 version, yeah. but on prior systems, it, it tends to be an issue. And yeah, I don't. I, it's not something they brought into four, is it? Or three? The problem is in a two D fighting game is that you should always be facing each other. And when you've got three people, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but IK Plus came out in 1986, you know, and that had two versus yeah. one, and it was awesome. I mean, it copes so. pretty well, actually. The dramatic battle copes pretty well, with, but it's if you you basically win because there's two of you, right? It's, it's quite easy. Yeah, against the AI, which I went through the other night on on, uh, on Max, it was um, it's actually quite a challenge because the um, I think the final boss is Shinokuma again right I think there's, there's four rounds um, and I think it's rebalanced so that you do far less damage and he does far more so, oh right maybe, so maybe that's maybe another one yeah but um, yeah they chucked a lot of stuff in we've already mentioned the, the isms which uh, is where you basically had the choice of playing in an alpha or zero style with your choice of super moves 
you could go back to the world of Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo and just have one very, very powerful super move. Or there's the Vism, which is uh, where you get to bring forward your your beloved custom combos or not, if, if you never worked out how to do that. Guard Crush opens up a pretty massive window of opportunity, doesn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. In three, um, for you know, poor players like me to just get in a hard hit, um, but good players can, you know, open up a can of combo-related whoopass. They also tw- uh, tweaked the uh, the counter commands and the throw command as well. So this is one of the many Capcom games where they've just jigged annoyingly around with the throw <laughs> command, so that you never know quite what you're doing. I think is it two. Uh, Two, two punches, punches yeah. yeah, or or two kicks. I think I was playing yeah. it on the uh, the Vita, the PSP version, and I just mm. can't play it because I'm so. No, I've got the throw from Street Fighter Four, yeah, and everything else, every other fighting game yeah. now, pretty much, so embedded in me, yeah, that I just couldn't couldn't cope. But you know, playing Alpha Two, where it is just walk up to them, and you know, sort of direction and hard, mm-hmm. you know, heavy kick, roundhouse, whatever. For some reason, that still makes sense. Yeah. But having to press the buttons on this, it, again, it's not the game's fault. I'm sure it was fine if it's all you went in and played, but it absolutely yeah. does me in now. It's it's just not na- it's just not natural. It's a bit like um, I don't know. You know, when you play a, a first person shooter made before Call of Duty Modern Warfare, yeah. and a lot of those standardized button yeah. presses, you know, were kind of like brought in. Yeah, sure. It's like you, you play any fighting game now, you know, yeah. no matter what it is, the throw command is the same as Street Fighter 4. They had to create, create your fighter mode, didn't it, as well? In edit, edit mode, yeah. <laughs> yeah. World it tour was terrible, mode, but yeah. I had it. <laughs> I appreciate what Mortal Kombat are doing and what probably Street Fighter 5 is going to do with the story expansion pack. I do appreciate that it's a story, etc. It gives you a chance to try different characters, but I really like the feel that World Tour mode gives you of just you pick your character, your fighter, ostensibly you, if you like, and you are a world warrior. It goes back to what Street Fighter 2 set out, which is you just travel the globe, and Ryu being the, the archetype of that, you travel the globe finding fighters all over the world to challenge you. And yeah, as you say, Andy, it, 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 the story is the sport, is the journey of the fights all strung together. And it, what I do like about World Tour is it mixes up the the, the mode for each fight, if you like, Um so that sometimes it's dramatic battle, sometimes um, you can only damage the opponent with certain moves. So in- instead of l- helping you learn each of the characters like a Mortal Kombat style story does, what it does is it helps you learn the mechanics because suddenly I'm throwing fireballs and nothing is happening to my opponent. So I've got to work out, okay, it's only if I do X, Y, or Z, you know, to actually damage them. The modes at Edge Master. In Soul Calibur and Soul Blade, yeah, yeah, where it's like you know it puts mm. you in certain specific situations and you've got to sort of learn to deal with them. Yeah, before we get on to the uh, the extra characters they added in that version as well, um, we should just quickly go through. We got uh, Rainbow Mika here, um, perhaps a bit more of a uh, a traditional uh, Japanese video game fighting character. Uh, Karen, the aforementioned uh, rival of Sakura, mm-hmm. uh, Junie and Julie, Bison's bodyguards uh we also got cody back who is kind of a uh, a poster character for the game cody from final fight in his prison costume with his uh, ability to pick up stones and throw them uh and the knife yeah, yeah. 
Cami came back. Uh, Honda came back and looked amazing. Blanca as well, as I say, I think I really love lots of his animations in this where he starts blending juice at the end of a fight and, <laughs> and charging it with his electro power and stuff like that. Vega came back. That's Western Vega or Balrog, the uh, the, the claw. claw. And, uh, and Mike Bison or Balrog from Western Kane, the boxer, also made their return finally to the Alpha series, belatedly. Uh, the game is reviewed extremely well, although I think um, with an o- over 90% game ranking average. But um, I think already by this point, um, yeah, I mean, really, to be fair, it happened all the way through that some press were, were less impressed by this sort of this sort of game, thinking it looked a bit old fashioned and, and, mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, but this was widely considered as an extremely impressive port. And I think one of the main reasons that was, was Capcom had struggled increasingly with cramming these uh, 2D sprite games into the PlayStation 1 and there were some severe compromises on some of their recent ports so they completely developed a new system where instead of basing the uh, hit system on sprites they used polygons they used the PlayStation strength to mask its weakness and made Street Fighter 03 on the PlayStation basically a polygon engine um, genius really and um, they also because they had all this extra uh, to you know to fill now and and to make the home version worth getting they brought in they brought in some of the new challengers from super street fighter 2 they brought back dj they brought back fei long and t hawk and guile came back as well finally uh, and they also added in evil ryu who'd been seen before in certain versions of alpha 2 they had to cut down on on the uh, the number of options in of pairings in dramatic battle but otherwise as dan says it was a a pretty amazing port now you can get this on PlayStation Network for your PS3 or Vita in Japan and North America, but not in Europe. The Dreamcast version um, arrived in September 2000. It was an extraordinarily long wait, um, but unlike the PAL PS1 version, it had a 60 hertz option so one could play it at the correct speed. They brought in uh, Shin Goki and EX Bison and Final Vega Um to add a bit more this version had an online mode which was allowed allowed you to share high scores <laughs> that was it um it was version was called uh, subtitled Psycho Rio Dojo or Psycho Dojo in the west um but in February 2001 so this is now almost three years after the initial arcade machine came out in Japan they released the for matching service version in Japan which allowed you to play uh, if you bought it via mail order, the online versus mode through your 33k or upgraded 56k modem. Another version of Street Fighter the Zero Three happened with an arrow to its right pointing up. That's Street Fighter Zero Three Upper. This was released uh, on a Naomi coin-op in 2001. Naomi had the same uh, architecture as the Dreamcast, so it's based on the Dreamcast version, as I understand it. Um, you could take your visual memory unit from your Dreamcast in your home into the arcade and. Uh, presumably take your progress or edited colour characters and all that sort of thing. Nice feature, but completely useless over here because I don't, I'm not sure the Street Fighter Zero Three upper coin-op even made it to the West. It probably... Astonishing port on the GBA. Now, obviously, this is this is limited by the fact that the number of buttons on the Game Boy Advance is limited to four, so they had to cut out certain attacks, possibly just all the middle attacks. I don't know. It's an astonishing port in any technical way again this is by crawfish and croydon who went out of business shortly after releasing this probably it killed them <laughs> well they actually died of of effort 
This was released in late 2002, and they even added in four more characters. <laughs> that's funny, Eagle. though. Like, <laughs> I know. We're going to do this thing. Eagle from Street Fighter, Mackie from Final Fight 2, Yun and Yang from Street Fighter 3. And if you check this out on YouTube, if you've never played it, like, of course, it's cut down. They use loads of shortcuts with the voice sampling and things like that. So there's lots of pitching up and pitching down, which kind of is a throwback to how Capcom did it back in, in the early days. But in terms of what they've put in to this tiny little GBA car, it's, pro- it's properly mind boggling. Right. Racing on um, the final real ultimate version, I suppose, of Zero Three or Alpha Three was Double Upper or Max Um, again, like Dan was just saying, for me, it still boggles my mind a bit, especially as this is actually a last gen, this is like a 10 year old port now. This came out in January, 2006. But when I fire up my Vita and I have this arcade perfect, well, arcade better version, pretty much in many ways of zero three, it still boggles my mind a little bit. It looks absolutely glorious on the Vita Mm. screen. Um, and it sounds great and it plays great. And to be honest, if someone, I know you can get lots of Vita games cheap and so PSN, you know, forever got super cheap sales and you can get Tekken Cross Street Fighter and Blaze Blue and, and lots of cool, lovely stuff. But you can just go into the PSP part of the store and buy this for £6.99, I think, probably £3 in a sale. It's just a wonderful thing to own on a handheld system, I think. I, I know what you're saying, Leon, about the aesthetic changes in... Uh, Alpha 3 kind of not living up to what you enjoyed about Alpha 2. And going back to Alpha 2, I, I, I do see the, the beauty of its visuals mm-hmm. and, and the, the great sound and everything. But firing this up, having not played a Street Fighter game at all for about 10 years uh, on, on a PSP in 2006, was unbelievable to see that. It was literally the embodiment of the whole we can do PS1, almost PS2 games oh, on yeah. a handheld, you know, because obviously with the shrunken sort of aspect and shrunken screen, um, a lot of that kind of uh, pixelation, you don't see it smooths that out without doing what pixel smoothing does, which blurs it. It looks sharp and it looks so vibrant as well. The colors just scream out the screen yeah. at you. It's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, there's even options in there to tweak it for different models of PSP and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I had it on UMD, which I bought in Tokyo. Uh, No, in Sendai in Japan. And that was cool uh, because I bought it in Japan and it was Street Fighter Zero Three Double Upper. Um, But now I just own it as a download. It's a tiny little download by modern standards and it just lives on my Vita. It's just I just love the fact that it, you know, I consider that one of the pride pieces my collection along with this street fighter zero fighters generation which as i say we we won't have time to go into now but basically it's a ps2 compilation of most of the games we've talked about um it exists it's pal 60 hertz in europe so you can play the games as they're intended they're really solid ports slash emulations of the arcade machine so they're missing some of the features but a lot of the stuff's unlockable um and so if you want to play them legitimately, you can buy copies of this really easily and cheaply. Um, you quite often see it in second-hand shops, I find, and, you know, sort of bargain bins for PS2 stuff. Um, and, yeah, just, a, again, a terrific thing to have in your collection. Yeah, it's a really good starting point because yeah. not only do you get all the games, it's actually got, like, a really good training mode in it as well. That's Yeah, that's excellent. Yes, and, of course, you know, I think once once you bought them legitimately, you can then go ahead and play the ROMs on MAME or, or Fightcade and, and, uh, with impunity and, and just enjoy, especially mm. as 
Capcom decided not to let Iron Galaxy re-release them. But enough of that. Uh, we must hear from <laughs> some of our correspondents. Glenn Watts uh, posted at canerince.com slash forum. He says, I missed out on the arcade scene hype around Street Fighter 2, a combination of not being old enough and not really knowing it existed, so passing it by the few times I did see it in arcades on family holidays to the coast. By the time Alpha hit the arcades, though, I was older and fully primed with Street Fighter knowledge from having played Street Fighter 2 to death on first a friend's SNES and then later on my own Mega Drive. Alpha seemed bigger and bolder and the art style was something different too. And there were Final Fight characters in it as well. I wanted to play it from the first time I heard about it. Again, for a long time, my only real chance to play it was on family holidays, and I was never good enough to last very long once older kids turned up for Versus games. I never really liked Versus play in the arcade. I'd spent my money and I wanted to see how far I could get. Most of my time with Alpha was on the PlayStation, though. I bought one and two pretty much as soon as they launched in Europe, eventually ending up maining Sakura, something that carried over into Street Fighter 4. For Game 3, I actually imported a Japanese copy of Zero 3 because I couldn't wait for the EU delay to play out. Alpha 3 was perhaps over-complex with its choice of super meter styles for me at the time, but the change in music style really connected with me. I think it has probably my favourite score in the whole Street Fighter series. Some years later, around the time of Street Fighter 4's launch, I think I got back into Alpha 3 playing it at work on the Dreamcast in, uh, in the Lionhead test department. That was where I'd meet a few guys who would eventually become regular fighting game playing buddies and we worked through Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter Cross Tekken and then onto Persona 4 Arena. Some of them have gone on to compete at EVO, so I don't feel quite so bad now at how often I lost. Seeing so many Alpha characters in Street Fighter 4 and now in 5 makes me happy. Us too, I think. Beck says, Street Fighter 2 came out on the consoles when I was 6. I was too young to play at the time, but I do remember the buzz the game had with the older kids at school. As I grew up, I did get to play Street Fighter 2 occasionally at a friend's house or on the arcade machine at our local barber. But in total, I had very little time with the game itself. My love of the series came from the Street Fighter 2 manga and sticker book that I collected with many weeks of hard-earned pocket money. I don't really remember much about the manga, to be honest, but I do remember that I read it often and that the sticker book that I ended up completing was cut up and stuck on the walls of my bedroom for many years of my childhood. It wasn't until I was a teenager that I had my own copy of a Street Fighter game in the form of Street Fighter Alpha 3. I found it in the bottom of a box at a car boot sale and took it home on a whim of nostalgia. Alpha 3 quickly became one of the most played games in my house. My brothers and even my dad used to have regular versus competitions that would often decide who would be doing the assigned chores for the day. I completed Alpha 3 with every character, and whilst I'm not very good with characters that use opposite directional commands, I tried to learn the fighting styles for each player. I ended up using Fei Long and Ken as my main characters. Whilst Ken was a great offensive character, I enjoyed Fei Long's defensive style. I still play with these characters in Street Fighter 4. Noticing a, a thread there. Mike Leddy says, An art direction that from my perspective caused a bigger ruckus than the Wind Waker. The implication of essential storyline beats overshadowed by the almost always expected higher power of an unveiling of Street Fighter 3, an extremely heated and public display of version discrepancies with the satin overshadowing the PlayStation on all fronts and Alpha 3, a game I'm almost prepared to say shouldn't have existed. I first managed to play Alpha in the arcades on an amazing big screen preserved for the latest arcade games in the coastal resort of Torquay. The buzz was huge as people gathered around the screen in those Colosseum shots I spotted in CVG didn't compare to the flashy animations, loud and welcoming music and awesome selection of characters. Initial impression were that this was Street Fighter 3 in all but name. 
I played a few times, didn't do too badly, and then got thrashed by someone who immediately entered a secret code to play as Akuma. This had caught on fast. Sadly, it might have been too fast. The next summer I went to the same arcade and even a standard-sized cabinet failed to show the 3D fighter had matured fast. This time around, the game had made its way so fast to the consoles that most people I knew already had the game on the PlayStation, and despite this, it didn't catch on as anticipated. I played alone in the hope of getting good against a crowd of none. Playing it back recently, I found it a little stiff and unpolished. Alpha 2 didn't really get the spotlight it deserved. It looked great, but the overbearing press influence that I'd be getting half the game on my PlayStation served as a sticking point. This would become my favourite of the series, but without a Saturn I saw nothing until I got a gold disc for the PS2 anthology collection. And what a game it was. Every small issue you could pick with the first was gone and the roster felt complete. The new stage was so vibrant I could feel my face melting. I'll always wonder what would have happened had I owned a Saturn back then. My guess is that I'd be that kid in the Sakura stage on an infinity timer. Alpha 3 was an odd time. It was the only real hiatus I took from video games, a brief year or so, but an eventful one in all the wrong ways. Had the World Tour mode been removed from this game, I'd simply have called it my worst experience with Street Fighter. I could still play it well, but I just couldn't find much to like with it. The core game felt great, the volume of characters and content perhaps started to intimidate me for the first time, but the music and visual direction were so foul in my mind that I couldn't jump the hurdle. This game literally felt like it was trying to force me into directions I couldn't learn to love. It's taken me 15 years even to warm to the themes of Vega and Karen, and all of the overlays and HUDs this game sticks out to me like a sore thumb, even the PS2 version couldn't erase the memories of what might have just been a bad period of my life, amplified by a strange new direction for something I always felt so safe with. In the grand scheme of things, a nice, well-prepared Alpha 2 experience has been an annual ritual for 10 years now. And as much as I want to celebrate just the soundtrack, it'd be wrong not to praise everything about this game in how well it reignites that same strong fire of Street Fighter 2. Great post, Mike. Your reaction to Street Fighter Zero Three 3 is even stronger, <laughs> far stronger, in fact, against than mine. Finally, we'll hear from Alex79UK, regular contributor, always welcome. He says, much like the rest, entire rest of the world, I'm a fan of the Street Fighter series and the Alpha line is probably my favourite version of these games. I first played Street Fighter Alpha when I spotted an advert for a game swap service in the back of a PlayStation magazine around 1997. I'd recently finished and absolutely loved Broken Sword on a PS1 and decided to trade it in for something else. We didn't really have anywhere in my town to swap games, so it was usually a case of trading with mates. When I spotted that advert, I was really excited to, able, to be able to actually choose my swap from a big list of games. I picked my game, Street Fighter Alpha, packed my copy of Broken Sword into a jiffy bag and popped it in the post. Then I waited, and waited, and waited. And just when I was starting to think I'd been ripped off, about a month later, the game finally plonked itself through my letterbox. I loaded it up and was really, really impressed by the best graphics I'd ever seen in a fighting game. I absolutely loved the anime styling of the characters, the animation. It all looked absolutely stunning. I'm not sure if it's a foggy memory or not, but the sprites looked larger than they'd ever been before as well, and the whole thing looked like a fantastic cartoon. I don't really have a great deal to say about the game itself. Everything just seemed like a better, cooler version of Street Fighter. It was an absolute treat to see all your old favourite characters redrawn, looking better than they've ever looked before. It was actually exciting just looking at the drop-dead gorgeous player models, the stark contrast of the bright bold colours and the heavy black outlines, the new effects of the special moves. It all looked so amazing. The addition of power meters to unleash super, unleash super moves was pretty cool too and seems to have become a staple of the series moving forward, growing ever more complicated and devastating when pulled off correctly. 
Alpha 2, I don't think I ever played. I certainly didn't own a copy anyway, but Alpha 3 was where they really pulled it all together and created, in my opinion, the greatest one-on-one -on -one fighting game ever made. I've owned it on PS1 three times. At one point, it seemed to be quite sought after and rare, so I got uh, so I sold my copies for a decent price, picking it back up again for a couple of quid at a car boot sale both times. And I had the GBA version too, which was surprisingly good. Again, not being an expert on such things, or anything else for that matter, I don't really have much to say about the actual mechanics of the game. That level of play, that high level of play, frame counting, etc. is a standard I never reached nor wanted to. But for sheer Street Fighter goodness, either playing against the CPU or friends in your living room, I don't think beat-em-ups ever got better than this. It's flawless. Thanks, Alex. It's nice to hear. Right, three word reviews from Twitter at Kane and Rince, starting with Andy. All right, my main man, Don Pedro X, says, interesting fighter origins. Look at uh, Andy Alexander, lost interest here. Jeez, oh. <laughs> that was harsh. Badur SNK gives one for each game. One is interesting, two is best, three felt bloated. Chris Smith, uh, talking about Saturn Street Fighter Alpha 2, says, wow, this rocks. And then talking about Saturn Street Fighter Zero Three, says, I can't afford... Chris Connolly says Dan's super taunt. Quite rightly says that. Uh, friend, uh, sorry, Fiend Moore, uh, somewhat cheating here uh, with the three words. Rose Crou Crouching MP. Matt Barnhart says Dan forever. Oyaji. Yeah, not the best Dan impersonation I've heard, James. You need no. to work on it. <laughs> Ada Black 39 says, Had enough, Ken. Phil Laidler says dramatic battle mode. Mr. Flamio, sorry. Uh, brave or Grave? Peter Cleaves, favourite art style. And Alex Dola says, super freaking awesome. Thanks, everybody. Uh, right, so a brief summary. Um, your impressions of the series and what, if anything, would you recommend that people do to experience it today? James. Yeah, we talked at the beginning about how um, kind of this was me going back and seeing the stepping stones towards, you know, modern day Street Fighter, uh, having kind of skipped all of this until 2006 on PSP. Um, and yeah, there's stuff like, it seems like Capcom were surfacing like stats and, and the icons for all the round wins and stuff like the cheese block for chip damage and stuff. Oh, um, it's just... A great way of giving lots more information to the player, and they did the same with the mechanics. They just gave more to the player. Is the only way I can describe it. Um, and I think it's telling that out of the sixteen characters for Street Fighter Five, you could kind of four of them are Street Fighter Alpha players. If you include Birdie, who it's Alpha version Birdie. So um, for me, Street Fighter Alpha Three Max is probably always going to remain my favourite single-player fighting game because I played it on PSP, just single-player modes. Yeah, we should say the the online and uh, local multiplayer was available. Mm. I don't know, can you still play like versus via two Vitas via through a network? I, does that even work? I have no idea. I think idea. you can do... I, I um, they call them really stupid things. Uh, ad hoc and infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ad hoc yeah. mode probably wouldn't require anything else other than your two consoles, so it should... Should work yeah, in theory. They should hook up if they can emulate I'm the online isn't populated. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Um, Sorry, James. But yeah, as a single player game, it's got masses of modes. You can just pick away at that 
you know, world tour mode or arcade mode or dramatic battles just forever. And I, I loved being able to do that with, with Street Fighter. Street Fighter 2 was all about co-op for me, but Street Fighter Alpha 3 Max was just single player fighting game, just match after match. And it was great fun. Uh, so that's my recommendation for where to head to. Uh, just pick that up on on Vita or PSP. Thanks, James. Uh, yeah, I think you've already gathered, as I say, the Fighters Generation pack on PS2 that I imported from Japan 10 years ago mm. is one of the prides of my collection. But I also have all the ROMs on MAME. I've owned these all on PlayStation, on Saturn. Um, I would have been there and bought them both on XBLA and PSN if that had happened. I've got the, the Vita version uh, well, it's the PSP game that James was just talking about, and and I I like them all very much. I have uh, I have a real residual fondness for Alpha One because when I first saw it in the arcades and those screenshots, I loved the look of it so much. Alpha Two for me eclipsed eclipsed that in every way, and really I have to say, as much as I love Ultra Street Fighter Four, and I've certainly enjoyed some other fighting games since Street Fighter Alpha Two is my favourite fighting game of all time and going back to it these last few weeks it hasn't lost an iota of its playability for me or its charm uh, its audio visual appeal is still there in spades we didn't even talk about the amazing uh, round finishing explosions um, which sort of made their debut in Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo but here they come in different directions depending on uh, the sort of the location on, on the screen or the, the, the movement that they come from also the custom win icons you mentioned the cheese one there but every single way of winning around has a different win icon in alpha 2 they've never done that yeah, again they, not quite to the same degree and, yeah and stuff as well yeah yeah, yeah. Ne- never to the quite quite to the same degree um cherries for for a jab punch and and uh, and all this sort of stuff there's a different one for winning character with a counter ones. character specific ones for mm. custom combos i just love that touch i still <laughs> love those there's just little pixel pixel drawn icons i just think they're so important they kind of carried on into alpha 3 to a point but not with the same level of charm and that sort of that sort of carries on across the whole thing for me i really like playing alpha 3 or zero three um i still think by any standards it's a cracking game but yes i think they to use a cane and rinse uh, ism they over egg the pudding too many modes too many characters especially by the end but having said that, I completely agree with James that to download and own uh, Alpha 3 Max for your Vita, the PSP game, is a complete no-brainer because it's a wicked Street Fighter experience in the palm or palms of your hands. But yes, Alpha 2, one of my favourite games of all time, no question. Let's, uh, let's go to Dan Benden. Yeah, um, I, I think it's probably clear that uh, Leon and I agree on this one that Alpha Two is the is the king of the Alpha games and probably the king of the Street Fighter games. To be honest, um, well, I love the Street Fighter Four, but and uh, but Alpha Two is where is where I always uh, have the fondest memories. I think I would say um, the, um, the PS Two anthology is 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 as good as you're really going to get. Um, I, I do like the the portable ones, but if you can hook that up, yeah, they, they'll just hunt them down whichever way you can play them. the The games are are special. Uh, that's what they are to me. Street Fighter is a game I love, but the 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 series itself means a lot to me as well. Um, not just playing it, but a, a lot about it. It's, it's a lot of good memories from that. So whether it's me playing it in a kebab shop or me playing it on a on a PSP on an airplane, it doesn't make any difference to me. It's a game you should play if you have any fondness for Street Fighter and you haven't played the Alpha series. Right, let's conclude with Andy Hamilton. So I played a lot of Street Fighter 2, 
but I was in primary school and all the Street Fighter 2 I was doing was just for fun, you know, having a laugh with your mates. <laughs> um, but when, by the time I, um, I first played the Alpha games, I was in that, like, amazing gaming sweet spot that everyone's sort of had in their life where, like, you're old enough to have a bit of spare money in your mm. pocket at the end of every month. Um, but at the same time, you're still young enough that you basically, other than going to school and maybe working a part-time job, you have absolutely zero commitments and responsibilities in the world. So you can play a lot of video games. Um, but also combined with the fact that I was old enough to kind of start truly appreciating not only what was a good and bad video game and um you know reading a lot of magazines i was starting to get into that side of the industry as well you know the reviewing and whatnot and um, you know that you know seeing what makes a good game what makes a bad game but also seeing it certainly in fighting games like that level of depth that you can go to and um i was lucky enough to have two friends who lived in that small village with me mike and matt who are still known to this day, again, it was Mike Satin, um, who also sort of shared these similar interests. And, you know, that, that there were entire summers spent just playing fighting games, and a lot of that was Alpha 2, because uh, obviously Alpha 1 was kind of over, <laughs> overlooked quite quickly in favour of yeah. Alpha 2. But that was when it, it, we just played constant battles against each other, just picking picking characters, get, you know, finding out who our new main was, you know, learning the moves, learning combos, and just going at it all the time. And, um, you know, it was when I sort of, you know, saw that next level in fighting games and saw, you know, that you could actually get really good at these. <laughs> um, and there was that kind of thing as well of iron sharpens iron because they were getting better and I didn't want to lose. So I had to get better. <laughs> um, and uh, that's something that's sort of uh, come with me to present day. Um you know, I'm a massive Street Fighter fan. I play a lot of it. Um, I, and I, I now essentially have a paying role covering the professional Street Fighter stuff that's going to be going on with Street Fighter Five. Um, it's something that's you know, it's my favourite game series basically. And um, my real love for the series definitely started with the Alpha games. They were when I started to truly appreciate what they did because I was a little bit too young to get that with Street Fighter Two. And um, yeah, I, I would say for my money, mm. I think Street Fighter uh, 4 and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike are better mm -hmm. and, and hold up better. But um, they're, they, they are a lot of fun. And uh, a lot of the systems that the games are built around are kind of it's almost custom built for having like really big hype moments. For, again, for my money, just because of the, the sheer breadth of peripherals you can use on it as well is... Get on Fightcade, mm. set yourself up a free account, find the ROMs, and play them as those games should be played. Wonderful stuff. Uh, thank you both. Thanks to Andy Hamilton of MidnightResistance.co.uk. Thanks to Dan Benden of ReadyUp.net. It's been ages since we had you on. Though we had uh, your Susan uh, recently. Uh, yeah, on, on Phoenix Wright. She made her debut, her excellent debut. And also thank you, James. So just to tell you that next time in issue 208, we seek the Triforce of the Gods in our Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past podcast. 